Okay, folks, I want to tell you about a feature I just built in Livewire that's kind of experimental, um, but it's something I've wanted for a long time, and I think it's really useful. It's so it's going to make me sleep better at night. Absolutely. What is Livewire's biggest con? It's that it sends all of your HTML back and forth all the time for your component. So we've done so many things to mitigate this cost. Like there's all sorts of Alpine and there's all sorts of ways to make your component interactive and never touch the server. But when you do touch the server, it re-renders your component and sends all that HTML back to the browser. And generally that's fine, but for like smaller components, it's fine. For giant components, it can be a lot. So you can extract nested components. There's things you can do, but the bigger like the more of these blade components I build that get like really big and loaded with markup, we, you know, using tailwind, your markup just gets just really huge and bloated. And so much of it is unnecessary. Like think about it. If you're, if you have a big page loaded with tailwind everywhere, the browser has already seen it. It's seen all that. And then you change one little bit deep inside of a table somewhere and it re-renders everything and it sends all of the HTML back to the browser in the payload slowing down the network request. And if you think about it, the browser already knew about 99% of that HTML. It just didn't know about that one little change. So this problem, Phoenix Live View has approached solving this in a bunch of different ways. There's this really awesome blog post out there that the creator of Elixir put out in the past few weeks. Um, Jose, ah, his last name is something. And Jose something. He wrote this post that's like six optimizations we've made to Phoenix Live View over time to make it more efficient or something like that. And it just goes through this exact problem I'm describing and how Phoenix has approached making it more efficient. They are intelligent about knowing what parts of your template are dynamic and what parts are static. And they only send the dynamic parts and they go like way deeper, way deeper and do insane optimizations. Yeah, that's not LiveWire. It's never going to be LiveWire. Phoenix LiveView and LiveWire are fundamentally different in that LiveView has a long-running WebSocket connection with the front end, and Elixir is just built for this kind of thing, and their kind of model is do as much as you can on the server. So you can freaking animate things server-driven, like literally send new HTML at 60 frames a second from your server, which is just nutty. That's not LiveWire's approach at all. LiveWire goes through all of PHP and Laravel and everything. Every time it does any update, it goes through your whole app as a normal AJAX request. This makes LiveWire really easy from an infrastructure standpoint because you don't have to manage a WebSocket connection or anything. It's just straight up an app that you AJAX to and it sends you HTML. So, um, given those constraints, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to write a whole new blade parser or a whole new templating engine entirely to support some of these things, maybe someday. Um, but it just doesn't really make sense because with LiveWire, our philosophy is where like LiveView, the philosophy is more just make the server insanely efficient and call it as much as you want. LiveWire is like only call the server ideally when you would normally do it in a JavaScript SPA. For example, you're saving a form. You were going to send an AJAX request anyway in, an, in React, um, so just send it in LiveWire. It's no different. Um, things like that. To open a modal, we can do that with Alpine, so it can happen on the page. You don't need to send a whole request. But, of course, A, it would be nice to not send giant payloads for big components, and B, there are times where you end up sending a request in LiveWire that you wouldn't normally in a JavaScript app, and it's those times I would love to speed up. So that's a whole pitch for this feature. 
of marking certain parts of your templates, your blade templates, as static so that Livewire can be intelligent about going, hey, this static portion, let's only send that to the browser once. The browser will keep a cached version of this HTML, and then on future renders, just inject a little placeholder, and then in, the, in JavaScript, it'll say, oop, there's a static placeholder, look up that static partial in the cache and replace it in place, then do the morph doming. So the rest of Liveware doesn't know any different. It's just this one little kind of middleware that is intelligent about statics. Easy peasy, right? No, <laughs> not easy. Not easy, not easy, not easy. I haven't gone this deep on something in a while and it was a ton of fun. And I started with a first implementation and hit a brick wall. It was like, nope, can't do it. Then I went back, did and I talked to Mitch for a while. We cooked something up in our brains. Did it, didn't work. Then I tried another thing. I paired with Mitch on it. Got really far, got so far. Hit a brick wall, fell off a cliff. Can't do it. This has happened like three times. New branch every time. And I thought I was stumped. I thought this was over. I thought it wasn't gonna happen. Then, as you heard from the power of walks, I was taking a walk this morning and I just mused on the issue and i remember actually the tree i was looking at like three streets away i was just walking and i went oh that could work i could see how that could work and then it's like i couldn't make all the connections but my gut knew they were all there and i was right so i spent the day building it in this way and it works and it passes all of my tests and it's pretty efficient and I'm just stoked about it. I'm so stoked. So yeah, the idea is that you can wrap your blade components. If you have a big gnarly blade component, that's just a bunch of HTML and Tailwind and Alpine that doesn't change in PHP, you wrap it in static and it's only going to get sent once. That's so awesome. One of the, the um, wrenches in this plan initially was like, oh, but I, I need this for like a, a modal component where I want most of the modal to be static, but the inside, the panel, the form you put inside, I need to be dynamic. So I need like slots. So I built static slots and that was a whole hurdle. This final implementation, you have statics and dynamics. Uh, I was pairing with someone today who came up with the word dynamic instead of static slot and it's so great. Um, so you can have dynamic portions inside your static. That works, that's done. You can also nest statics inside of statics or nest statics inside of dynamics from the statics, conditionally render statics in dynamics. You can do everything and I tested it all and it all works great and it's super predictable and reliable and I'm so stoked about it. And it's flexible. If you change, if you have PHP inside your static that changes, like let's say there is one portion that does change, it'll just throw away the static and it'll just re-render a whole new thing. It's great. Oh, it's so great. Now that I'm talking about this to you, I realize there's one hole in my plan with that behavior. Let's say you just mark a whole component as static and it's really big and it changes all the time. Every time it's going to throw away the static and render new ones. So it's fine. It's basically going to be as if the static isn't there. So your app's not going to break at all, but I cache all those partials in the browser. And if you're caching like 10 zillion of these, it's going to like really blow up the memory of that page. So I should probably come up with a way to garbage collect static somehow. That's going to be freaking hard. That's actually an insanely hard problem. And I'm not sure if it's even possible. You know, it is possible. It is totally possible. 
the browser, when it decides that that static list is too big, it can destroy a static and find any components that are depending on that static, and then it can destroy the reference, maybe. Hmm. <laughs> you don't care what I'm talking about. There is a way, but this is, I think I'm just going to put this out into the world and then eventually maybe optimize it like that. So it's not like there's no costs. There's extra front-end costs because you're storing these partials extra. And then there's back-end costs because when you render a static, it's not just invisible for the first render. I have to analyze its contents. Um, so I have to do some string analyzation. I have to replace some stuff inside a string. And I don't think it's very expensive, those replacements, but they're there. So maybe, you know, there's some server overhead, there's some browser overhead, but in aggregate, mm, you want that tiny bit of slowness in the server and on the front end because you're going to save a lot with the payload size reduction that you can get. So you could freaking add static and dynamic all over your blade components and liveware components and often be sending almost nothing to the browser. How freaking cool is that? Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So that's that. I don't know. I just want to keep talking about it. But yeah, so problem solved. I don't know if I'm going to ship this thing. If I do, I might put it behind a feature flag um, because this is definitely a, a move and I'm not looking to make my life way harder without thinking this through. So, but I wanted to tell you about it because it's one of those things I went so freaking deep on like tree structures, breadth width, breadth first tree traversal, depth first tree traversal, data structure crap regexing, eager regexing, greedy regexing, nested regexing. Um, oh my gosh. Output buffering, output buffer capturing, nested output buffer capturing. Um, duh. It's a uh, checksum making. It It's like it hit every little algorithmic part of my brain. Um, so it was fun, but I'm getting better at it. I'm so much better at this stuff than I used to be. Like, man, I have such a better brain for algorithmy type, deep cachey algorithmy crap like this. You just develop, you know, skills and instincts with this stuff. Like, oh, that's probably a bad idea. Oh, that's a good idea. This is efficient. Oh, that's possible. Or you, really what it is, is sometimes the, the less of these types of things you do, you don't understand what's impossible or not. But when you do them a bunch, you start to see the patterns and you go, oh, with this, it's actually like, I can't see it, but but I can see that like, way down the road, this is going to be impossible because I won't be able to determine the order of this thing or the conditional removal of this thing in a tree. I won't be able to, to identify that, you know, I don't know. Freaking fun. See ya.